Wild West was a place that was void of God's law and every man did what was right in his own eyes. More than 95% of Americans lived in places with fewer than 2,500 inhabitants. By 1830, the distance of the prairie needed circuit riders to spread God's word. Some called them saddlebag preachers. These were a different kind of clergy, used to long, dusty roads and lonely, empty spaces. They rode from church to church on horseback. These days, many of those same places still have less than 2,500 folk. The men and women who are called there are still a different breed of clergy. The needs are different, but the call to reach men and women with the message of Christ is still the same. In the spirit of these circuit riders, we aim to meet a few of those specific needs. Welcome to the Circuit Rider Podcast. Here are your hosts. I'm Mike Cool, and welcome to another Dirt Roads Circuit Riders podcast. I'm here with the legendary Doug Rutledge and the <laughs> legend <laughs> and yeah, the legend that is Steve McVeigh. Both are legendary. I'm just along for the ride. No, in all seriousness, <laughs> we are so glad you could join us today for another one of these episodes. Um, it's amazing to be in rural America in this time and this day and age. And these two gentlemen next to me have lived it, are living it, and experiencing it, and so am I. And so we're just so glad you could join us today. And we just got off a three-part interview with uh, Jeff Clark, who was just amazing, uh, don't you think, gentlemen, on just what he shared, Absolutely. what he was about. And today, we're going to talk about, I think, a little build off of that, of what does it mean to be a pastor in rural America? Like, what's our role now? We know things have changed. Statistics are saying America's changed, and actually, it's changed for a long time. It's just the reality is now sinking in. What's your thoughts on that? Like, what should be our roles as pastors? Well, can I start by just going off script and saying um, that we had to cut the beginning of this three or four times. <laughs> That's what the laughter was about at the beginning in front of our live studio audience. It was, that was what it was. <laughs> yeah. That's so, right. yeah. Yes. I mean, I, and I, 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 I do want to jump in because I think this is really great. Steve's got some stuff, but I don't want pastors to, uh, to listen apprehensively. Yeah. So I don't want That's them good. to listen and go, oh no, every, you know, this is terrible. I There's was thinking There's 10 about... ways that you're failing as a rural pastor. <laughs> right. <laughs> ten ways, the 10 yeah. ways you're the worst pastor in the world, usually right. as it comes across. Yeah. And, and that's not what we're here for today, Doug. Okay, good. <laughs> then I'll scratch my list. All right. <laughs> Nine so, ways. <laughs> it's only seven. <laughs> right. So Steve had something. I, I'm sorry I jumped in on that, but no. I just thought, you know, it's so easy if you're listening to somebody say, yeah, gloom and doom, and by the way, we know you're overwhelmed and... It's, it just starts getting so much, yeah, and right. I, I want them to know there's hope, which is where we were going with this uh, this season. Right, and we, and we hope that this is a hopeful podcast. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the thing that Jeff said that really stuck out to us is that we need to begin to view ourselves as missionaries. Mm-hmm. And at first, you know, there's a sense in which, you know, you, you hear new buzzwords, all that kind of stuff. But just just recently, Gallup poll came out, you know, the first time, like in 19, uh, what was it, 1937, the first time they polled uh, people about their religious practices, 73% of Americans were church members. And in 2020, for the first time in their poll, it was less than 50%. 47% of people identified themselves as church members. Now, the other dynamic with trying to figure out all this stuff with the stats is that the census, this this census that they've done in 2020, 
we are in such a pagan country, they didn't even ask religious questions this time. So we're, I don't know exactly how we're going to get our religious information going forward. But if you're telling me only 47% of Americans are church members, what percentage does that mean is actually going to church? That's exactly right. You know, the numbers are probably quite lower than 47. At you know 47%, you know, and let's be honest, if you fill a survey out and someone will will say, yeah, I go to that church, and when's the last time you've been there? Well, probably 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, and they call themselves members, or you're yeah. on some membership role. And we all know what that's like, pastors. And I think the reality for all of us is to ask the questions, like, so what does this mean? Like, and I think that's what we're trying to figure out. I, yeah. I want to give hope today that, mm. hey, you you have a defined role. You can do things in this in this world, as Jeff Clark said, to be a mission, a missionary to a mission field. But that does change some perspectives in what yeah. we do. And so, Steve, like, and Doug, you know, what's your thoughts on, like, what should be some of the first things we should be doing as, as pastors? Yeah. yeah, what shifts? What, what, yeah, what, what shifts? What do we, how do we redefine what it means to be a pastor if actually I'm a missionary? Yeah, because if I go to, uh, you know, if I go to my pastoral epistles and I read through the lists, that gives me a list of the type of man I'm supposed to be. Right. But it doesn't necessarily give me the list of the duties that I'm supposed to commit to. Uh, exactly. That's all through Scripture. And and what Jeff was saying is, rural America, you're going to be a missionary. I guess I want to ask what the difference between a missionary, and Jeff said it, so it, part of it's just a repeat, but for maybe somebody who's catching us for the first time, what's the difference between a missionary and a pastor, especially in a rural context? Well, yeah. a pastor, in my opinion, this is just opinion, a pastor is someone who is called to be a shepherd of the sheep, and and their role is to feed a congregation, feed my sheep. And it is very much like if you went to Ephesians chapter 4, you have apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. It's very much that shepherd teacher who maintains what's there. I mean, that's sort of what a shepherd does. It does. The shepherd does go out and find the lost sheep. I mean, we could get all, you know, go through the Bible and find different pictures of what a shepherd does. But primarily, shepherds focus on the congregation I think a missionary is called to transform a community, to transform the country they're called to, and in our case, the rural region that we're called to. And so you you aren't simply a shepherd. You are more of an apostle, more of a prophet, more of an evangelist, you know. And so it's, you know, they call that A-Pest, I guess, A-P-E-S-T, but um, I just say, you know, it's A-Pest. But anyway, that's um, that's a whole nother, nother story. But it is a different role when your job is to convert a community rather than lead a congregation. Right, and the prophetic voice is, you know, we don't want to get super spiritual here, although we should be super spiritual. Yeah, let's not do that. You know, heaven forbid. But I think the prophetic voice that comes in is a biblical voice, and I think it Mm -hmm. matters. And I think that's why, you know, pastors out there need to understand that, that we're talking to you in a way that it needs to be a a biblical voice. So let's run down the list, and then let's have uh, some discussion about this entire list. We sort of drummed it up, but I think it's based on some uh, some pretty good insight from pastors and people that we you know we routinely connect with. So we came up with really five principal shifts in the pastorate. Um, because pastors are going to have to make those shifts. Yeah. And that would be prophetic. We are saying, look, if if we've gone to a post-Christian society, let's not assume that people are on board with what this looks like. And and so what does the pastor now need to be primarily focused with? So, I mean, we talked about the prophetic voice and the biblical voice. That's one. Uh, and number two is a vision caster. It kind of goes with it, I think, you know, to cast vision for what the world's going to look like now. 
and, and, and in your church community and in your life. And then um, to be a disciple maker, be the primary disciple maker. We're not saying to do all of it. We'll get into that detail in a second, but be the primary disciple maker. And then to change the scorecard, to redefine success, what it looks like, because it's going to change. It really will. And the shift to like how we're viewing our community in the community we live in, not just our church community. What does that view like? What does our culture look like in that as well? I think those are the top ones that we, you know, feel are very important. Yeah, the job description isn't, if you just write those words down, everybody will say, well, yeah, I cast yeah. vision. You know, yeah, I'm the chief, uh, you know, prophetic voice in the yeah. pulpit. Biblical I, prophetic I, voice. Right, yeah. yeah, I'm the biblical prophetic voice. Uh, I'm, uh, um, uh, you know, I'm the primary discipler. Yeah, I do that. Uh, I, I understand what success is or how to hold the scorecard. And then uh, the community, sure, you know, I understand my community. I think the difference is that we are in a period where we have to redefine some of those right. because we have been taught one way, yeah. especially those of us who are maybe past 40, and we've taught everybody who's under, under 40. So it, this does come down to a real redefinition. So maybe... Uh, we can talk about it. What does it mean to be a prophetic voice in a post-Christian society? Yeah, in a biblical voice. I mean, a prophetic biblical voice, it's the same thing. I'm declaring the word of the Lord. One of the things that a missionary has to do is has to look at a culture, and this, this could almost be like a one-hour conversation right here. Mm -hmm. But a missionary, when they go into a new culture, they have to look at that culture, and they have to identify what is culture that I should just leave alone, and what is unbiblical? I mean, what is I make disciples? What parts of this disciple, or of this of this community, what part of this culture will I have to address in discipleship? And I think it has to comes down to like, what's the idols in the town? I mean, there's a, there's a true fact to that, and you have to be you have to walk a line in that. But to be the prophetic voice in that is is not more for your church community. I feel the biblical voice of like what you're reaching out to the people attending. I think we need to redefine that for people that we're not walking down the street with a bullhorn and and yelling at people. But I think the prophetic voice needs to come in that area where you fill in those gaps. And I think that's so true, Steve, of that concept. So Doug, when you think about this, when you're thinking that part, you know, give a redefinition of that biblical voice that you would see how it would look. You know, first of all, I, 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 I'm not afraid of the word prophecy, uh, but I, I think it's, uh, you know, but I don't think you're standing up and saying this week, you know, six people are going to try. I, I don't think it's necessarily that. What I do know is as we proclaim God's truth, there was a pattern that said, we've got to apply God's word in a way that our culture accepts. And I would contend in a post-Christian world, throw that idea out because they don't accept it. They, they have no framework for accepting it. So throw the concept out that somehow you're going to craft a biblical message now in a way that makes people say, well, that was entertaining or that was interesting or hmm. And I think that we have to grab hold of the fact that the word of God is countercultural in every culture and we, and we hold on to that concept. We speak the truth as it is, and sometimes that will make us contrarian in our culture, especially in a rural culture where everything is um, misunderstood in terms of church. Well, and I think we have to be honest that the culture is biblically illiterate. I mean, I think we—I think it's part of the starting point for that. I mean, we talk about prophetic voice and a biblical voice, and of course, we're—I'm from the vineyard. Mm. We're, we're, we're fine of prophets mm. and prophetic voice, but I will say that I—I I really believe we have to start that idea that most of our congregation is biblically illiterate. 
Mm-hmm. And I know that's like hard for pastors to hear sometimes, mm-hmm. but you have to start from that premise. And I think we don't understand that all the time. The other thing I, I think we talked about was the vision caster. And when we look at vision, I think from the concept is like, well, I'm sure I cast vision, but what type of vision are we casting? What mm-hmm. does that look like? And by the way, just as a just as a side note, this is we're just glossing over the top of the subjects for the next five of our podcasts. So we're gonna dive in. <laughs> yes. Don't go. They said absolutely nothing about that. Yes, I'm leaving absolutely. with nothing. Uh, chief vision caster is something we definitely are going to have to dig yeah. into. How do you know what picture you're looking at to determine right. what you're supposed to look like? Yeah, because like part of the vision is identifying the culture. What is reality? Yeah, Th- that's the first step of a vision person, and then the one who carries the vision is how do we address this? And if I'm a shepherd, okay, just think about the transition we're talking about. If I'm a shepherd, the vision involves what does this congregation need to be. If I'm a missionary, the vision involves how does this community need to be transformed. Mm-hmm. And and so the whole so so there's that so so the shift isn't like everyone would say that the pastor should be a visionary of mm-hmm. some sort. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a, a missionary vision. Right. It, it is a bigger vision, and it is a more weighty vision. If yes. It, uh, mm-hmm. So uh, let's go back. These are Steve's two different, the difference between the pastoral role and the missionary. Go ahead and say it again. Oh, my goodness. I'm, oh, oh. That's beautiful, Doug. You Thank know, you. who yeah. gave Doug these buttons? I think it's the best decision ever. Okay, so, <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is Steve's top two differences between the pastor and the missionary. Well, just one. The, the, the vision is the vision about what your congregation needs to be, or is your vision about the transformation that needs to take place yeah. in the community you're called to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Perfect. That's a good way to do it. And I think that we get disciple-making becomes a little different view, too. And, and we talk about primary disciple-maker. Maybe we could like lay, lay a little groundwork for that one, too, because I, I think you, you're hearing you say, well, I have to make everybody in my church a disciple by myself. That's not what we're saying, is it? Yeah, it's not. Uh, what we're saying is that you're starting the ball. Yeah, You have to be a disciple maker that makes disciples who make disciples. And by the way, I said this before, if the second part's not happening, the first part didn't happen. Yeah. So if you're not making disciples that make disciples, you didn't make a disciple. So part of being the primary disciple maker, I didn't mean to cut anyone off there, but part of that means I'm defining what discipleship is. Right. Because in the past, if you're a, if you, if you are a a pastor, okay, if you're the shepherd, traditionally, your view of discipleship is, I disciple people. Disciple, you know, people come to church, they learn how to live, they learn how to be obedient. The new version is, the disciple maker is teaching others how to be disciple makers. Mm -hmm. And so you have to identify that a disciple isn't simply someone who follows a list of rules. A disciple is someone who is making other disciples. And that's part of what that chief disciple maker means. But you need to know what the, the, those values are. You need to be able to understand. It, it was interesting. I, I just, mm-hmm. um, I've been helping a church out in, in rural America right now who currently doesn't have a pastor. And I asked them to define a disciple to me. By the time I got done, we had covered the whole New Testament. Somehow they listed the entire New Testament from the start to finish, which was... <laughs> so that took a day? It literally took most... Honestly, it was hours. It was You worked a that into a 30-minute sermon. It, I worked into a 10-minute sermon. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> TED Talks. Uh, they, uh, I, in all seriousness, though, I said I think the the average person doesn't seem to, you know, have that idea of what a disciple is, and that's the red flag. Yeah. Like if your if your congregation can't tell you what, what Jesus looks like in them, you probably have like then how are you going to make another disciple? I think you need both and. I think then you need to be thinking about 
how do they make disciples? And if you can't do that, then yeah. you're probably missing. And that's what we're reconfiguring. This is not a bad thing. We're going to talk yeah. more about this later and how that works and how we live that out. And which leads me to the next thing is, well, how do we deal with like the, this, the new definition of success or a right. scorecard? The scorecard is such a big issue. And, and it's not just the holder of the scorecard that determines who's winning, but it is also, winning's a horrible statement, but yeah. it's also holding the congregation, the people who are uh, serving with you to a standard. That comes back to mission and vision, and you determine if you're actually hitting those scenarios, you know, those those plateaus. I still have country churches that have the scorecard up on yeah. a wooden yeah. little thing there at the front where they can tell you what the attendance was last week. But this is really akin to the vision, mm. because mm-hmm. if the, the scorecard of a missionary involves the community, not the congregation. Mm-hmm. So the, score, the scorecard isn't how many people that I get to attend. And this is where, when we jump into this further, it would be budgets, butts, and buildings are the old score. That's, that's a shepherd scorecard. What is the scorecard for a missionary in a rural community? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I think that's really pivotal. And I think that's, you know key because I think also when you redefine it, there's a different type of uh, shift in your, not just your mindset, but the pressure you feel in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because right now you're you're judging yourself on a visual that happens for one hour a week and instead of the, the overall theme, which leads us to the last whole part of this whole thing is how we view community. Yeah. I, I call it the cultural attache uh, to the church. <laughs> That's your role. It's to understand the culture of the community that you're working with. I need you to lay that out a little better. I, yep. I'm, uh, attache is not a rural word. Uh, it's use. a pretty it's fancy a word case that you put stuff in. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's my understanding. So I do like the idea of being more than just a person in the community, but a person who actually represents and understands the community, mm-hmm. especially if you're going to be the prophetic voice in that community. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think, yeah. that, I think that's entirely true. And I think that's the, the key. And I, I think for all of us, how we exegete our culture really matters. Yeah. And I think in the old, in the old days, and again, this is a shift. These are shifts that we're talking about. A, a pastor... In a, in a shepherding mentality, is going to know his flock mm-hmm. or her flock. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they're going to focus on. A missionary is going to know their community, mm-hmm. and, and that's where their, their focus is going to be. And so, so this is a very subtle thing, but in, you, in, in one of the ways what we're saying is we're, we're switching from an inward focus to an outward focus. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about all the buzzwords over the years. You could use a lot of them, but I think what we're saying here, Circuit Riders, is it no, this is for real. Okay, mm-hmm. this isn't a buzzword. This isn't a new program. This is for real. Mm-hmm. We are not in a Christian nation. Right. We, rural exactly. America, is not Christian. And we need to start really acting like it isn't. So, Steve, you're not going to sell me for nine ninety five the 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 ten top solutions to do all this and to make a million dollars. Steve McVeigh's ten top solutions for ministry success. Me. You guys are picking on me today. The only thing I'm going to charge for is how to increase your giving. Okay, because <laughs> I, and it'll be commission based. But okay. no, I'm just anyway, yeah. all joking aside. Beautiful. All joking aside. <laughs> Here's here's the question, and I hate you know as we wrap this up because I know we're running out of time. Do you, Pastor? Do you understand? Do you see that you're not in a Christian country? Do you understand yeah. that you're a missionary? Mm-hmm. And and we want you to know right up front that we know what you're thinking. 
I get it, but my congregation doesn't. And so, you know, they're expecting Mm -hmm. me because that's one of the other things we'll have to talk about Mm -hmm. as we, as we go go through this, these shifts that, that Jeff really presented us is how do I, how do I convince my congregation that I shouldn't be the country pastor, that I should be the community missionary. What's the tipping point, Steve? It's 17%, right? <laughs> it's 60. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what uh, yeah. Todd Wilson and those guys at Exponential talk about the tipping point. 16. Per- yeah. I think it's like six, like, like 16% is the, what they say is the tipping point. But anyway. Yep. And then you fall over. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, hey, it works with cows. So as, and I hear the cows coming home as always. Uh, we're excited about this next, uh, this next few podcasts. Uh, I'm excited to spend time with you guys and redefine the prophetic voice, the chief vision caster, the primary discipler, the scorecard holder, and then the cultural attache, Steve. That's for you. Uh, Cultural attache. Fancy Mm. word there. Thank you very much. Um, Well, thanks for joining us today. We're so glad you could be here. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing from you. Hey, make any comments in the Facebook section on our Facebook page. You, you, know, you can go and contact, reach out. We'd love to hear from you, get feedback. Maybe you have better people to talk than us. Whatever the case may be, uh, we just appreciate your time. We hope you have a great day. Know we're for you. Know we're praying for you. Know we love you. Take care. Everybody have a great day. The Circuit Riders would like to thank our partners for their interest in assisting rural leaders. Rich Roast Custom Coffee, supporting rural missionaries with a wide variety of delicious worldwide coffees. Our friends at ThinkOrange.com, wanting to join your team to help you create a better experience this week for kids and teenagers. Katrina at CrossroadsFarm.org. Vineyard Small Town USA. Vineyard Small Town USA, equipping churches to plant in small towns across America. Disciples of Jesus, making disciples. MultiplyVineyard.org slash USA. Crossroads Farm, working alongside of rural remote churches to provide an outsourced cooperative youth ministry that really works. CRF, loving the rural team. www.CrossroadsFarm.org Dirt Roads Network, Transforming rural America by planting and revitalizing life-giving churches in small towns and communities. www.dirtroadsnetwork.com For more information about the Circuit Riders or any of these partners, check out our Facebook page or contact them on each of their websites. On behalf of the Riders, I'm Carl Miller saying, until the next Circuit Riders podcast next week, happy trails.